At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All music you hear in this episode of the American Muse podcast is supplied exclusively by Naxos Records. To hear and purchase full works, please go to Naxos, N-A-X-O-S dot com. Welcome to American Muse Podcast, where we explore hidden secrets in the landscape of 19th and 20th century American orchestral music. Your host is Dr. Grant Gilman, conductor, violinist, and author based in Atlanta, Georgia. In each episode, Grant unearths a fresh orchestral work by an American composer you may not even know. By the end, we hope you are a new fan of the composer and their music. Now, your host, Maestro Grant Gilman. Our subject today is William Grant Still, the Dean of Afro-American Music and his piece for orchestra, Africa. It seems especially difficult to summarize the life and career of William Grant Still. At the simplest, still performed, conducted, composed, orchestrated, and arranged music, earning him the title Dean of Afro-American Composers. But what he was as a man is much deeper and more complex. His compositions give us a brief glimpse of his personality and philosophy, and I am grateful for that. Beyond this, Still's words and those affected by him do a meritorious job in striving to complete the picture of the man. Yet, in the end, he is too multidimensional to be easily labeled. Still began as a performer and arranger for W.C. Handy, the self-proclaimed father of the blues. This association brought Still to Harlem in 1919 during a pivotal moment in American history at the peak of the Harlem Renaissance. Though the Harlem Renaissance would lay a foundation for the civil rights movement roughly 30 years later, 
At the time, it was an explosion of African-American art and philosophy after the Civil War and during the period when Jim Crow laws were sweeping the South. It was a time of individuality, self-assertion, and rich expression in the face of current segregation and oppression, while slavery was not just a memory for most. Still was absolutely unique at this moment, as the most well-known and often the first African-American to compose works in the European art music fashion. Other African-American firsts for Still included having a symphony performed by a professional orchestra, conducting a major symphony orchestra, and having an opera performed by a major opera company. Still's massive portfolio alone is impressive, totaling nearly 200 compositions, which in addition to the well-known symphonies and operas includes ballet and chamber music. The most well-recognized works are likely his Afro-American Symphony No. 1, the opera Troubled Island, and his ballet Saji. The symphonic poem Africa, written in the same year as the Symphony No. 1 and Saji, 1930, is a notable hidden gem as even after revising it numerous times following a successful performance by the Rochester Philharmonic and Howard Hansen, a longtime champion of Still's works, Still eventually withdrew the work unpublished. Unpublished. So that label of first is tricky, needing a broader view to the context and implication. Musicologist Gail Murchison was a colleague of mine at the College of William and Mary, and in fact has agreed to be a guest on this show to talk about American composers. She addresses this issue of duality for Still. Quote, the title, Dean of Afro-American Composers, is Stills due, yet it does not aptly describe his accomplishments or the artistic and aesthetic ideals he pursued in his work. Such a title is easily bestowed on Still, who crossed many racial barriers during a period in American history when the achievements of African Americans were measured by firsts as a marker of racial progress and improvement in race relations. But to see him in this way is to accord him a place in American music history largely on the basis of his race and to consider only one facet of his accomplishments. End quote. After all, I believe Still was a genius and should be recognized for that at any moment in history. The piece we will hear today, Africa, obviously weighed on Still's mind for a long period, having begun composition in 1924 and philosophically tied in with the Harlem Renaissance. Writing to George Barrer, the conductor to premiere the work, Still gives insight into the programmatic content. Quote, An American Negro has formed a concept of the land of his ancestors based largely on its folklore and influenced by his contact with American civilization. He beholds in his mind's eye not the Africa of reality, but an Africa mirrored in fancy and radiantly ideal. Now to the music itself. Written in three movements, titled Land of Peace, Land of Romance, and Land of Superstition. As we talked about, the work is programmatic and still put a great deal of thought into this aspect. So, before we go further, I want to make a personal statement involving programmatic music. If you're not sure what that is, at its simplest, programmatic music follows a story. 
usually the concept originates with a story and the composer writes music to emulate the atmosphere described or follow outright the drama as it unfolds. Bizet's Symphony Fantastique and Elgar's Enigma Variations are classic examples. So I want to make it completely clear what my thoughts are on programmatic music. I love the stories. They are interesting, usually enjoyable, and often give us insight into the composer and what they were thinking when writing the piece. However, I believe from the standpoint of enjoying and consuming the art, I believe the program to be completely superfluous. It is a nice dressing, but neither enhances nor serves the music directly when receiving a performance of the work. My anecdotal argument is this. Elgar wrote his Enigma Variations in 1899, and practically ever since it has been played by orchestras all over the world, enjoyed by countless audiences, and studied to death by every serious orchestral musician. Therefore, we do know a few tidbits about the people on whom the variations were based, most notably uh, Jaeger from the Ninth Variation, which is titled Nimrod, which refers to the hunter. They were very close friends, etc., etc., I hold that this story and external information would be completely unknown to us if the music was not as good, powerful, and moving as it is. Therefore, the program is extra, non-essential, like a performance venue during a global pandemic. It is for this reason that, though I will discuss both, separately and in tandem, when analyzing a piece, my philosophy is squarely attached to the sounds themselves, while respecting the fact that the composer him or herself made the connection to the story. Okay, tangent over. Now on to the music. These excerpts are from a 2005 Naxos recording of the Fort Smith Symphony, conducted by John Jeter. Ironically, after having said all of that, there is a strong programmatic tie to the very opening bars of Africa. Distant rhythmic drums. This certainly sets a serene background for the flute solo that follows. It is hard not to conjure an image in the mind of heat rising against the distant sunset on a vast African plain. Titled Land of Peace, this movement goes through what seems like progressive vignettes of calm, scenic African events. Still uses this format to show 
all of his strengths, European romantic style writing, jazz-influenced lyrical moments, soloistic writing, and crafty orchestrational mixture. The second theme still opens into a rich, satisfying horn-led melodic line with harp and string accompaniment. It instantly reminds me of the second theme of Hansen's Second Symphony, and it's not a stretch that Still was influenced by that piece considering how much Hansen championed Still's compositions. of romance, the middle movement, includes even more of a jazz dissonance clash. In this spot, the chromatic melodies seem to have a pleasurably erratic nature, and the harmonic movement below, while the pulse is steady, seems to constantly be slipping in a similar chromatic fashion. overflow moment, the volume does rise with full brass and percussion, though the previous characteristics remain, creating a both unsettling and satisfying climactic moment.
finally, in Land of Superstition, still introduces a bit of forward motion. Still continues to show his orchestrational prowess in this movement, along with his particular blend of styles. Here, how he moves back and forth between sections of the orchestra, all while moving the energy forward and creating a jazzy flavor at the same time. time still comes close to a big band moment is at the high point of this movement, when the bottom of the orchestra cycles a recognizable walking bass pattern, and practically everyone else sings out a long, loud, brassy melody. Yet, still doesn't lose his voice entirely, using a very unique mode mixture, constantly going back and forth between major and minor. Even without any of this explanation of the programmatic aspect, the piece itself has a mysterious character, aurally engaging from the opening drum beats and flute solo, the hypnotic bluesy rhythms, the easy downward slide of chromatic movements in the strings to the often celebratory mood of the last movement. As in his other orchestral works, especially his five numbered symphonies, still shows complete mastery of orchestration and suitable timbre use for every instrument, section, and combination thereof. Like all other great composers, his adeptness in this area is so deft that one does not even think of it while enraptured in the moment. I can't think of a better compliment. If you like what you have heard and want to support the advocacy of American orchestral music, please consider signing up to donate regularly at patreon.com for our continued production of this podcast. Also, subscribe for updates wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.